0: You're listening to Bach the Bach, the podcast opening up the world of classical music one beer at a time.
1: And today, we're keeping it minimal.
0: Welcome back to our second episode of season two of Bock to Bach.
1: Hope you enjoyed the last one with Dan from Rock Harbor Brewing. Yeah,
0: um, it was uh, it was nice to have a guest again and not be by ourselves. If
1: you haven't been up to Rockland yet, it is it is worth the trip just to go into that place and uh, into his restaurant and have a have a sandwich. We had lunch there on a Sunday afternoon, and it was Ooh. we would have it was purely by accident, wasn't it?
0: It was. And just like the rest of our lives, like normally, we are now again by ourselves yeah. and lonely. That's but this is now one of our many episodes we've done in the past. Uh, we are bringing these to you, but every other week. And uh, we're going to kind of dive into something, both music, a little bit we haven't talked much about, yeah, they, and, yeah. and but a style of beer we definitely haven't talked about.
1: Yeah, I've because normally it's not in my wheelhouse as far as beers I like, but... Uh... We're, no. we're dealing with one from uh, from Oxbow Brewing. Now, this isn't, although it is a Maine-based brewing company, um, you can find this as far south as DC in uh, in restaurants, pubs. Uh, it is it's big. People are liking this kind of not sour beer, but the uh, the farmhouse. Yeah, beer. so
0: like a farmhouse or like a saison style. It's like it was traditionally brewed um, in the winter times, then we prepped for be drank in the summer. Yeah, uh, but because it and it almost went away, but in its Kind of the U.S. upheaval, not upheaval, but kind of regeneration. In our, of in a,
1: it's a renaissance. Renaissance. In a, in a, in a, in a renaissance, I'm looking
0: for. My English no good. It's uh, um, it's one of them foreign words. One of them foreign words. Uh, the, the renaissance of bringing back beers up, it's definitely had a giant revival in the U.S. and, and being very popular.
1: And Oxbow has been a huge edit. In fact, I was only there the first time a few months ago. Yeah, Oxbow is a
0: great brewery. So it's based right here in Portland. Um, they're known for, the, their flagship is what's called their farmhouse ale, basically. So another word for a saison, Um, but we are drinking a bottled version of that, which we'll discuss in a little bit. Um, and, uh, it's, it's, uh, lower, usually in saisons. if you want something, that's easy for drinking. It's a safe way to go because it's usually 5%, 5 to 7, maximum 8% when it's really high or, um. It's a rare one, but usually it's right around the five to six percent.
1: And this one we're drinking today is a nice five, so it's it's a little bit later in the evening when we're recording this, and you know we still got a night ahead of us, so we don't want to kick the kick it into gear too early. What else, Manny, What's new with you? Well, it is a big week this week. We got Thanksgiving week, good old Turkey Day. So what's every, Well, we know what we're doing. Parents are coming up.
0: Yep, parents coming here. We're hosting.
1: And now that now that mom's into beer. Yeah, now the moms
0: like really in the beer. That's a big thing.
1: So we'll get to uh, we'll do a couple rounds of the breweries around here. Ooh, oh, there's hey.
0: the there's that stout we tried the other day. Oh yeah, from Lone Pine. We'll be we'll be talking about them in the future. We'll have John on in a few episodes.
1: Yeah. So if you guys haven't been to Lone Pine Brewing, it's a it's a new uh, newish brewery here in in Portland, and we, we've got. Some exciting stuff, and will uh, uh, be in, in future well, maybe episodes. Maybe
0: we can we can teaser with some beer cocktails when mom and dad come visit. Dad won't try, I think, but
1: yeah, if you haven't met our dad, he is he, he's he's a legend of a man. But uh, that being said, he he loves his Yinling and his Sam Adams, and uh, beyond that scope, forget um, it. He he doesn't wander much. So um, this
0: will definitely not be in his
1: wheelhouse. One day, one no. day, one um, day.
0: But um, along with this, we are um, we're so we're. While we're drinking the Saison and this farmhouse-style ale, we are going to talk about the work of Steve Reich. And we've talked about Steve Reich before. Um, he is a 20th century composer. He, is a, uh, he was born in 1936. Um, and this piece we're featuring today, um, um, he, he wrote and finished and premiered in 1976, so 40 years ago. Actually, not
1: too long before... I was born. No, it, not too long. That's math. Good job, man. I didn't actually get the exact number, but and this goes back to the conversation we were having with Dan last week when he was wondering what you know what is considered classical music and mm-hmm. and. We touched on how broad a spectrum it is. In,
0: uh, yeah, and now, now it's like writing, playing, and composing in the classical style. Like, yeah. I think it's still, there's, you know, if you wrote a piece like Mozart now, it, I don't think it'd be considered classical music, but I think it'd be considered contemporary in the classical style. Yeah. And that's kind of like, you know, paying an homage to, to past composers. Because um, you
1: can't put it in world music, because if you do, it's just going to sit in that section that no one actually visits yeah. in the CD store, so... <laughs>
0: And uh, and like and Steve Reich is still very much alive, still very much still composing, and still and he's known for minimalist music. So really, and you'll hear this, he really takes one simple, small, maybe four note or two measure idea that lasts a total of three or four seconds, and writes everything off of that. Um, if you go back um, and like and it's very repetitive. It's so it's almost puts you in a trance. It's not something you want to. Um, sit and focus on or if you want if you're trying to work and focus yeah it, it's not the thing to do it if you're working out that's a different story i think it would it would do what wonders for you but
1: no i mean you do know that it's a recognized form of torture to play repetitive music over and over like mm. it has been our cousin sean actually used uh, uh they did that they played rock and roll outside noriega's house in panama when they were trying to arrest right. him back in uh Back like in the nineties, yeah, it? but,
0: um, but it, you know, in this music—it's—it's it's super repetitive. But one thing that's cool is if you really listen carefully, it—it um, it, like one note changes here and there, so little little kind of blips of change. And this is a piece that's literally titled the "Music for Eighteen Musicians." I think that's the name of the piece.
1: Do you think that they've gotten a bit more, just like artists have started doing? Um, no, because two. because he
0: finished piano phase like not too far before before that, and it yes, it's much more literal, mm. but it's. Um, I, I liked, I've always liked the name a bit but it's such a cool thing to watch but this is like so here's the interpretation so um, all 18 parts you have violin cello three quote unquote female voice two piano players another piano player who's also doing maracas marimba and maracas marimba and xylophone what's the audition for
1: the marimba piano and xylophone marimba and
0: xylophone like. Uh, Metallophone and piano. Metallophone? Uh, yeah, so almost like... It's it's very Metallica, similar to a vibraphone. But the, um, piano and marimba. Marimba, xylophone, and piano. Clarinet and bass clarinet on one part. Clarinet and bass clarinet again. And the last 18th part is female voice and piano. So, uh, a lot so of, you
1: lost me around violin. Yeah, You
0: don't need to. Because well, but, it's repetitive instruments. Basically, you're getting this really similar timbre. Really similar instruments making the same sounds. But they're playing, everyone has a different part. So no one's playing the same thing, but it all weaves in. And so when, even though it's really this repetitive thing, you have to lock into your part playing it or singing it and kind of tune everyone else out. And it's really hard to do that. Um, but this is a, uh, it's, it's a, this is, a piece has, I believe, if I'm correct, I think 14 variations and we're listening to the sixth one.
1: And we've done pieces. I, this idea of taking a theme and making variations on it has never been oh, new. Yeah. We've done a few of Didn't these pieces. did we do Fugue? We did. Yeah, of Fugue's a perfect yeah. example of that. That was um, episode five, was it? It was yeah, something like that.
0: Where he like same idea. He wrote a two measure melody, but he did uh, he did like a, a variety of things. This yeah. is like the same idea, yeah. but then droning on that idea.
1: Yeah, and and you'll see that throughout the entire history of. Classical music, especially with pieces entitled Variations on a Theme by Blank, and they'll, you know, a theme yeah, like Corralia. Last
0: week we featured the Rhapsody on a, on a theme by by Paganini. Oh, yeah, there And you go. there's the variations from that. But this, actually, I was wrong. We're listening to the fourth section, not variation, fourth section of this piece. Um, it's, go
1: ahead. Well, you know, there's, just for the people listening at home, is there is there a standard uh, minimum number of variations when, when composers write these pieces? Is there... Uh, is it completely varied? Do they write oh, four I mean, like, five? Do they yeah, always it, do more than ten?
0: Usually, it's usually minimums four to six. Maximum, you know, Bach did 22. Yeah. Um, this we're looking at third, 14. Um, and the original theme is the pulses. That's what they're calling it. Right. Um, so, you know, it's it's there is no set limit. Again, especially since music's got more out there. It's, it can explore... To a whole new level, and, and there really is no limitation to music anymore, because it it's getting way more out there as time goes on.
1: Yeah, well, no, I agree with that. But um, to bring
0: it back 40 years, this piece is actually really cool, and really cool timbre. The the use of so many marimbas and xylophones and metallophones, it's such a cool sound.
1: And just and it's a word we've used quite a bit, but just if you... if, if God forbid this is your first time listening to Bach to Bach... Um, what is timbre? Just can you can you define timbre? Just
0: like the the way it sounds, like the, not not the notes itself, but the tone. Like the yeah. is it a warmer tone? Is it a more harsh tone? Is it, um, is, it is it overall higher in registers or lower, lower? Is it does it have like a rumble to it? Does it? those kind of different sounds? Is it does it bite? Does it make you kind of irk? Those
1: kind... so, so that's a great vocab word you guys can put in your uh, into your daily word and situation. it looks like the
0: word timbre.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's timbre, right. With tamper.
0: Anyway. So let's take a listen. This is a six minute uh, section from Music for 18 Musicians by Steve Reich. And then when we come back, we're going to talk more about Oxbow's Crossfade Farmhouse Ale. So enjoy.
2: you. <laughs>
1: So the the first thing from the the moment it began to now, the one thing I think of is a, a, a soundtrack to the Thomas Crown Affair remake. Um, oh, with Pierce Brosnan? Yeah, that that it gets me in that frame of mind. It's not a piece I would listen to potentially on its own, but I think it would complement it. Complements a visual oh, display yeah. perfectly, and maybe that's how the world of classical music might be moving as a, as a whole you know you, you start to see that nowadays in concerts you see uh projection uh, screens being used for uh for concerts and maybe maybe that's the way it's all all migrating um we are a visual culture now so
0: no nah, there's no proof behind that
1: Oh, we did. We made a mistake. The um, so although OxBro, OxBro, Ox- oh Oxbro. So that's when a bunch of a uh, bunch of frat boys get together. OxBro,
0: OxBro, OxBro. The, Oxbro.
1: the uh, Oxbow brewing is is actually done in a small barn in Newcastle, Maine. That's is, right. Yeah, it's about the halfway. Tasting be- rooms
0: down here, exactly. Oh, and
1: the, and the blending and bottling's down here as well. But there's it's about halfway between Brunswick and Rockland. So, which is if you've been up this way, a, a stunning stretch of the coast. Uh, yeah. and the way they, they write about it, it's in a it's in a small little barn and that's where they're that's right, they're doing all their jobs. We gotta get up there sometime.
0: Yeah shit. Sure. It's not that far.
1: No. Just foot. Absolutely. I just drove up to Rockland after work the other night to pick up a coffee table and drive back down. We could easily go up for a up for a tasting. Um okay. But they, if you haven't been to their tasting room, it's in the it's in the east end. Uh it's uh it's yeah. among bits like Rising Tide, uh, Lone Pine, which we'll be talking about, and this, if you haven't been to Portland, we're divided up west and east, and, and especially in this basin right near Back Cove, uh, there's what was an old industrial district, which is now being taken over by distilleries and um, and brewing companies, and, and it's an exciting place to be, especially in the summertime. Well, and, actually, and a really
0: cool neighbor, which we should dive into with this with this podcast, is uh, it's it's next to our neighbor, his main mead works, mm. um, and diving into the world of mead. That's right, and, and, that's right. Uh, and like you know, urban farm cemetery is down, but more down by rising tide in the bottom of Portland. That's right. But uh, no, but uh, the world of meat is something thing we should definitely dive into. But it's, they do a great partnership, being next to each other and, and supporting each other. Okay. Nice little
1: community. The uh, speaking of, of, of beers to drink, we yeah, uh, Thanksgiving's gonna happen in a few days. Yes, it is. And I'm trying to think what my favorite Thanksgiving beer is. What's going with turkey and mashed potatoes? Yeah. And what, what would you do? Uh, I
0: actually. And this is something I've been more into lately, is like and I mentioned this earlier was like beer cocktail. So try to find a really cool way. Um at uh here's a nice little segue. So next uh our next episode will feature uh Emily who's who is uh the operations manager for Slab here in Portland. Yes. Um, but she is in charge of the entire draft list and she's a huge beer advocate both in Maine uh and abroad and she uh they do a great cocktail there called the IPA.
1: I've seen that on the menu. I've never yeah, and, actually and had it. What's IPA, in
0: it? gin. Uh, there's a few other things, but it's, it's actually a really killer cocktail. Nice. So uh, I, I'd i love to find a way to work um, maybe like a stout and a bourbon together into well, a cocktail with, with like a brandy cherry and almost like an old fashioned with a splash of, uh, of like a... Almost like a chocolatey stout. Well
1: Do you remember the the Paleozoic, the nice brewing one yeah. we did? I think episode six or seven. It was um, that was a bourbon, a bourbon stout, and that was we kept the bottle. It was so good because yes. we, we couldn't let that go. Um, so maybe that's what we do, especially as winter's coming on. So
0: what we want you to do is we want you to post a picture or post a uh, comment on on our page of what do you think is like your favorite, you know, Thanksgiving or holiday time cocktail or beer so let's focus oh, on beer yeah, yeah.
1: let's focus on Thanksgiving too because um, that's what i mean by my holiday yeah. well because you give people too much leeway America's holiday it's not even Labor Day and people are putting up Christmas decorations already um, but what what do you like drinking with your turkey what do you like drinking when you're sitting on the couch afterwards watching football what do you you know what beer wraps up the day for you That day where we sit down and celebrate just two cultures coming together sharing food and then one culture killing the other and taking their land
0: Positivity—that's what does it all. For everybody, <laughs> America's built on positivity and friendship. Um, friendship, and then, uh, but anyway, let's go back to the to uh, Oxbow for a second before we we ended up for the day. Um, the crossfade is only available by uh, by bottle. This is one they they uh, only offer by bottle a few times a year. Um, this one was actually uh, brewed in January of this year.
1: Um, and whoever does their graphic design is awesome. Yeah, their graphics
0: work is awesome. Um, but this one's available by bottle. But their farmhouse ale, which you mentioned earlier, which is available as far south as I don't
1: know if- they they're uh, Baltimore, D.C., okay. Philly, New York. Yeah. They're, so they're all so their the flagship,
0: place. which is their farmhouse ale, is, is available that far south. And uh, mm-hmm. there's some great beers. So you can check them out um, online and, and follow them and support them because they are a great local brewery who is doing a huge. Uh, they're, they're making a huge impact nationally. They got a massive following,
1: yeah. It, it's it's because it's filling a niche that not a lot of the everyone's hitting the heavy IPAs, mm-hmm. hitting the the really flavorful Porter stouts and coppers. And the, um, the, far, the, the Oxbow's taking that 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 saison farmhouse niche that mm-hmm. that no one else is really kind of conquering at the moment.
0: And then two weeks we will feature um, the beers of Allegash Brewing Company, um, which is exciting because not Whoa. only do we have uh, their Curio and their Triple. Uh, but I got my hands on a barrel aged, uh, uh, for which one I got. it? Anyway, it's like, it's just heaven. And so it's, I will not even ask what you have to do to get that. Don't worry about it. I got a guy. Um, <laughs> so anyway, so check it out next week. We will have, um, Emily on from and, and also a second special guest on. Uh, oh yeah. next week from right. uh, from Slab. And then uh, in the meantime, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah, have
1: a great week ahead. Enjoy of
0: time it. with your families. And uh, stay safe. Follow us on. Beer.
1: Always drink great beer. Listen to good music. If you're going to be traveling on the road. Pull out some classical hits, uh, especially if you're traveling alone. This is the best time to to kind of start exploring some classical music.
0: And if you want to feel less alone, you can listen to our podcast while you drive. You might hate yourself when you're done, but at least you did something.
1: <laughs> so follow us on social media. Uh, get a good beer. Have a great time. And watch this space next week for the uh, next episode of Bach to Bach. All right.
0: Enjoy, guys. Happy Thanksgiving. Cheers. Happy Thanksgiving.
1: Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>